Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined always by my man, Lucas Kaser, and you are tuned in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Candlestick Kids, leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast, and follow us on IG at Fantasy Football underscore TCK Pod, and on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program, another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, my man's Lucas in the place. How you feeling, brother? Feeling good. Uh, if you still haven't bought the draft guide, I don't know what you're doing down below. Yeah, what's link. the deal? What's the deal with that? I don't know. I'm I, kidding. That was kind of mean. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, just sorry. We didn't mean to be mean. But the link <laughs> down below, go get that before you listen to the best RB handcuffs. Um, how you win zero RB. Um, I, I actually did. So I got into the Scott Fishbowl satellite last second. Boom. Knowing, yeah. And the, the the scoring set up perfectly for a zero RB format. So uh, yesterday I took my first running back and it was Carlos Hyde in like the 14th round. Uh, it's a best ball league, but we'll see how that goes. I'll have to, I'll have to give updates. But yeah, so go by the draft guide. Um, if you're choosing to listen to this, you might have an interest in fading running backs. So stay tuned. Yep, I like it a lot. All right, man, episode 226. Let's get into it. Running back handcuffs. So, Lucas, in short, any new fantasy football players, people that have heard a lot of this terminology, A, where can they find terminology like this? B, what does an, what is a handcuff in regards to running backs? Yep, so the terminology, the dictionary is not yet finished, uh, halfway done. The, the resources is on the draft guide, but the, the dictionary is not done. I don't know how, how far I want to go with it. Um, because I don't know if I wanted to make an actual dictionary or just more of a blog post, you could say. But a handcuff is um, – I don't know why it's called a handcuff, to be honest with you, because it really doesn't make sense when you think about it. But it is the backup they're, running they're, back. The whole person. thing is they're, they're linked to each other, right? Handcuffs. You, think, you yeah. think of handcuffs and your, your hands are linked to each other. Like a running back, the handcuff is basically if one guy goes down, the next one is, is the automatic next man up. So that's like where the term itself comes from. I think of more of like a Matt Saracen in Friday Night Lights, if you've ever seen that show, maybe. Um, that's, that's, that's the handcuff. Fair enough. Uh, Varsity Blues for the OGs yeah, like me. Yeah, there you there go. There you go. Um, <laughs> but basically, it is the – not even necessarily the backup. It is the person that would fill, besides the name, fill the role of the person getting injured ahead of them. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, a couple, there's probably a couple on here we'll talk about where like the backup probably actually isn't the handcuff. Um, and yeah. we'll kind of point those out as we go. Yep, absolutely. And, and couldn't agree more, man. I think that's great. And again, the, there will be some terminology uh, slides in the draft guide coming up. And we also have uh, a resources guide as well. We've always been very open about the resources we use for our data collection. Um, and, and it's no secret. I mean, everybody has public access to 90% of this shit. Uh, Lucas and I just have access to some of the, you know, uh, premium deals for fantasy pros, um, you know, uh, uh, um, Roto World, um, you know, Pro Football Focus, Rotoviz, some of these things. So we purchase those on our own um, to bring you the best uh, knowledge that we can. But a lot of this stuff you can find for free and you can also find in the draft guide, which is a, a culmination of everything that we use. So we're happy to share uh, a lot of this information with you. So make sure you go check that out in this description below. Just five bucks for the in-season guide, five bucks for the draft guide and 15 for that and some extra. Okay, man, what we're going to do here, Running back handcuffs. So we're basically going to blaze through every team in the league and give their starting running back as of right now. Of course, injuries, COVID, other things could happen. People could lose their jobs. Um, that happens in, in, in running back battles. There's rookies coming up and all these other things. As of right now, we're going to give you the, the starter and probably the guy that you're drafting. Then we're going to give you who right now we think is the handcuff, which means the next man up if somebody got, gets hurt. Some of the most popular examples right off the bat who you've probably heard of, uh, Madis Alexander Madison for Dalvin Cook, Tony Pollard for Zeke Elliott, Latavius Murray for um, Alvin Kamara. So, you know, Philip Lindsay for, for Melvin Gordon. 
or maybe Melvin Gordon for Philip Lindsay. Who knows? But that's what we're going to do. We're going to blaze down this list really quick. All 32 teams. I'm going to go over the starter. I'm going to let Lucas cover who the handcuff is. We're not going to break down all these players or anything because we do have notes on kind of the later back half guys are important. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to list off the team and the starter, and I'm going to have Lucas give you the handcuff name and what their current ADP is. So this is where you're drafting the, the handcuff. Some of these guys are literally going in the 20th, 22nd, 29th round of deeper draft. So a guy like Frank Gore, who nobody's going to draft, but he is the next man up if Michael P. Ryan doesn't pan out. But we do have a couple of notes there. After we get through each team, Lucas and I have broken down our top 10 handcuffs. Great for dynasty leagues. Great for redraft. You grab a guy up in the first, second, third round. You need to get their backup just in case. Injury, fumble, trouble. Um, you know, you're not sure who's going to win out the job. You look at a handcuff. Lucas and I are going to give you our top 10 uh, handcuffs going into 2020. All right, man, let's dive into this. We'll start up at the top. We're going down alphabetical with teams. So Arizona Cardinals, Kenyon Drake, who is the handcuff and which round can you find him? Yep. It's Chase Edmonds, Asterisk, uh, Eno Benjamin, but Chase Edmonds is in the 14th round. Uh, I said the Asterisk because I don't know how that's going to split, but I would imagine if Drake does go down, just like we saw David Johnson go down, Edmonds will fill in just nice. Yep, like it. Atlanta Falcons, TG3. Todd Gurley comes over from St. Louis. I mean, the L.A. Rams. I think he's going to have a great year, but we're not here to talk about the running backs too much. Love me some TG3, though. And Ito Smith or four other running backs are going to be the handcuff in the 22nd round. I know, Lucas, you've been talking about getting uh, one of these handcuffs in every draft that you have, Todd Gurley. Which handcuff is it in Atlanta? I go Brian Hill because I think Ito Smith is more of a power runner. But that's not saying much because I don't really know who the backup is. I go Brian Hill because I think we saw last year that it was not good what he did by any means when he had the workload. But he was definitely the the heir to now Todd Gurley, if you will. Um, so I would suggest coming out of deeper drafts, even regular drafts with Brian Hill or Edo Smith, whoever you think. Obviously, close in season, you'll know who the backup is. They won't hide that from you. They will have a depth chart. So. I don't know. Tiger is an okay pick, but expect an injury most likely. Yep, could happen. All right, man, Baltimore Ravens, Mark Ingram, and then one of our favorites, who's the handcuff? Where can you get him? J.K. Dobbins, and I don't even know if he's a hand. I mean, he's obviously the handcuff, but I think they're both going to have pretty good standalone value this year. Um, as I said, the team's going to run for 10 million rushing yards. So, obviously, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar are going to split that in three ways. So. I think that's interesting because, you know, to bring that up really quick here, just to digress, like some of these guys, Kareem Hunt's coming up, right? So we're going to bring up him. Like he's going to have his own value anyway. But if Nick Chubb goes down, spoiler alert, we'll get to him, but you guys all know this. If Nick Chubb goes down, Kareem Hunt is potentially a top five back in his own right, right? So some of these guys, they all get the handcuff title, but some of them are just straight up like another running back on the team that run multiple backs. But it's important to know who that next guy up is whether they're a second tier running back or just straight up like waiting their turn. So that's why we're, that's why we're going through this. Um, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, uh, not going to be, not going to be too much of a factor. I don't think we love, love, love JK Dobbins. Um, is he right now outside of Clyde Edwards Hilaire is JK Dobbins, your favorite rookie right now going into 2020 Lucas? Uh, rookie running back. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Me too. All right. Let's dive into the Buffalo bills, Devin Singletary and another one of your boys. Yeah, Zach Moss here. Uh, this will be flipped around come midseason. Zach Moss Ooh. is will be the starter. Right. Five foot eight running backs are not starting running backs for power run football teams. Added together, Zach Moss is the starting running back. Eleventh round, you can get Zach Moss. I'm grabbing him in every draft that I possibly can. Panthers are kind of interesting. Christian McCaffrey's starter. We all know that. Reggie Bonifon is the uh, handcuff technically, but he is not somebody that I'm looking out to grab. Last year. Everyone was excited. They drafted him in the last pick, never played it down. I'm not working on it. I'm, we're just going to skip over that one because there's not much to go. Reggie Bonifon, if anybody's keeping score at home, currently going in the 29th round of drafts. Most drafts don't go longer than 16, so he's going twice as long. Not worried about Reggie Bonifon. CMC is the man. Let's go with the Chicago Bears. This one's another interesting one. David Montgomery, the starter, and then who is the uh, you know backup handcuff and where can you get him? Yeah, so apparently the backup power running back is Ryan Nall. Yep, you heard that right, Ryan Nall. But I'd say Tariq Cohen is probably the the handcuff, if you will. 
Um, that being said, I think they're both pretty good picks in their own right um, because their skill sets are completely different. So obviously the touches they get are completely subjective to them. Um, so not really handcuffed talk, but I think they're both good values. Um, but I think Cohen provides a little bit of upside if Montgomery were to get hurt. This next one's interesting. So Jomaine Mixon for the Bungles, love him. Um, Trayvon Williams, Gio Bernard, who do you think would be the handcuff? I think it's Bernard. He, he gets pretty significant work in his own right. And I think, I think he's a good pick, um, surprisingly, because there is concerns of Mixon maybe holding out. So I think he's a sneaky guy uh, in your dynasty leagues maybe to hold on to or really in redraft um, to target, I guess. But, I mean, it'll be obvious if he's a good pick or not because Mixon will make it obvious if he's coming back. But I think that Bernard is a sneaky guy to hold on to because uh, Mixon definitely could get hurt. I think what's interesting, too, is like, you know, Trayvon Williams was hurt last year. The Bengals like him a lot. And Gio Bernard, the Bengals could save money cutting him. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely a world where Gio Bernard gets cut. And I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, spoil anybody's uh, cereal per se. Um, but what if like Gio Bernard ends up in Philadelphia or something? I feel like he's a, I feel like he's a good kind of sleeper option i mean he's he's been healthy he can catch the ball really well in that offense he can do some grind work he would be cheap uh cheaper than devonta freeman so just keep that i'm just gonna throw that one out there i haven't thought about it much but Gio bernard in philadelphia it could happen we'll see what happens there all right uh we already covered the browns nick chubb and kareem hunt we all know about that both those guys are pretty much top 24 running backs top 20 uh, you know 36 running backs if chubb goes down kareem hunt's you know, potentially top five. That that's no surprise there. Another one pretty uh, pretty common here. Dallas Cowboys, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. My question to you is obviously Tony Pollard has to wait his turn until Zeke is no longer Zeke for whatever reason. Do you think he has value? Do some of these guys have value anyway? Or is Tony Pollard just straight up like have to wait for Zeke Elliott to go down? Yeah, I mean I was so pumped because he was gonna play the Ty Montgomery role for this team and play the slot and play the the two running back system, and then they acted like they don't need cornerbacks and they took CeeDee Lamb for no reason. Go Cowboys. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I think his draft value is like what you need to pay for a high, for a tier one handcuff. I, I don't – like, yes, he has standalone value, but it's not like you're going to be starting him because if you have to play him in your flex, you might as well just stream someone in your flex. That's probably going to get more points. But I think he's still – a very good pick, I think, just in general, because there is that uh, inevitable upside that not if, but that Zeke has not been working out and he's super out of shape and maybe he'll get hurt. So, uh, you are the house Bronco fan. I know that you are you're honed in. Um, you know you're sliding into Elway's DMs on the regular. I mean, it's a pretty pretty common occurrence for you. Who is the starter in Denver? Serious question. Dude, I don't even know. I don't. I don't even know what this team. And and to do. I I know I know most people think it's Royce Freeman, but unfortunately he has to wait. So is it Melvin Gordon or is it Philip Lindsay in your opinion? I mean, I hope it's Lindsay because I don't know because he like ran for back to back thousand yard seasons as a UDFA, and he's probably one of the most elusive running backs on a per touch basis. But obviously, it's not Lindsay because I mean they paid Gordon, so I think it's more of a one two punch. Uh, but that being said, Lindsay is going in what the eighth round he's also a fantastic pick um because i people forgot that melvin gordon has literally gotten injured or held out the last like five six years um so i think i think they're both good picks though uh i'm a little lower on the broncos sort of being this offensive juggernaut so maybe i'm a little bit lower on gordon but i think Lindsay's definitely uh i probably have i'm probably above ranking on Lindsay for sure I'm going to throw Royce Freeman into my possible Eagles conversation now that I think about it as well. I think he gets moved too, and he could end up in, uh, in Philly there as well. All right, let's go down the list here. We have the Detroit Lions. Again, same question. Who's the starter opening day, DeAndre Swift or Carrion Johnson? I mean, it's got to be Carrion Johnson, I, I would think. Um, I don't know, because there's still that there's still Bo Scarborough there, and people are going to be like, why would it be him? I mean, he was pretty good when he had the ball in his hands last year. So I think, to me, it really doesn't matter because you're probably doing yourself a favor and just not picking any of them. Um, I agree. Because at the ADP of Swift, you're projecting him to probably be a starter, relatively, um, more of a, the main guy. 
at the ADP to carry on. You're expecting him to be healthy. Who says that's possible? And then really Scarborough is the good pick out of this backfield. So I'd probably just fade all three in general. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go to the Packers. One of the most tricky backfields, big talk of the off season here. Aaron Jones is the starter. Who is the handcuff though for the Packers? Is it rookie AJ Dillon or is it Jamal Williams who, as much as he's a pain in all of our ass in fantasy football, he's not been incredible, but he's been pretty solid when he's gotten an opportunity for Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's A.J. Dillon pretty clearly. I think they could honestly just cut Williams um, for and save some money. Um, Add him to Philadelphia. That's yeah, what we'll I, do. We'll just, we'll just send him to Philly. I mean, people act like Doug Peterson's like, yeah, I might change my coaching philosophy this year and then just disregard everything in the past. Nope. No. No. <laughs> uh, what were they going to say? The Packers, I surprised. I've been thinking about the whole Aaron Jones thing and how he's actually a good pick because his ADP dropped. Mm-hmm. They threw the ball at the highest percentage inside the five yard line in a neutral game script um, at 70%. And Aaron, so Aaron Jones scored all those touchdowns in the red zone at a 30% run rate. So I'm like, my thinking is if they regress back to the mean, Jones regresses back to the mean, but he gets more attempts. So really, what I'm trying to say is I think they're both good picks because I think. Dylan's a handcuff with if he does get that red zone work, he's a good pick. And Jones is Eckler light or Eckler plus, I guess, really. So I think they're both good good picks um, in their own right. I love Aaron Jones. He did score 70, 74% of his fantasy production, came in the five weeks that Deon, uh, Devontae Adams was out of the lineup. So I'm, it's just, it's a figure. But, again, it's one of those, like, who cares stats, but it's yeah. a fucking stat for a reason. Like that shit matters. They didn't have their number one receiver. They didn't have a number two, three, four, or five option in the past game. Aaron Jones was the leading receiver for those five weeks. That's a big deal. Again, you take those away and Tay, Tay gets his fucking 180 targets this year. Um, Funches gets a few in the red zone. Lazard, you know, uh, who I think is a, a great young receiver. It's going to be fine. Jay Sternberger make it a couple as well all of a sudden there's not as much meat on the bone for Aaron Jones. And again, I don't think he's going to be terrible, but spoiler alert, I may or may not have him in our bust conversation on the draft guide because at current ADP, I just don't know that he's going to be able to return it unless they get rid of Williams or AJ Dillon just doesn't have a role as a rookie, which I don't see how, how they could do that with him being the next Derrick Henry quote unquote for Matt LaFleur. So I'm a little bit worried about Aaron Jones, strictly based on ADP. Love him as a player, of course, but Green Bay is definitely interesting. And honestly, man, you just said it about the Lions. I might just not draft any Packers as well. Um, as much as I love Aaron Jones, and I think that A.J. Dillon's a nice late-round flyer in best ball leagues, that's about it. I'm not sure I'm going to have uh, any of these guys. All right, let's move down the list here. The Houston Texans, we got David Johnson and Duke Johnson. This one's interesting. It's not necessarily a handcuff situation because – if David Johnson goes down, Duke Johnson has had those opportunities over the years with Carlos Hyde and things. He's not going to be, or hasn't been at least for now, for his, his uh, career, he's not been the number one running back when a guy in front of him has gone down. They, he's remains in his role. He might get more touches, but he's not like the next guy up. So the Texans, I don't think right now, have a handcuff to David Johnson. So we're going to kind of roll over them a little bit. Let's go with the Colts. Uh same question, kind of similar to uh, the Lions here. Who's the starter opening day? Do they rely on Marlon Mack or they go with the rookie, Jonathan Taylor? I mean, I'm on board with Mack being the starter for the first half of the year, probably the whole year. If there was an offseason, a normal offseason, Mack probably would have gotten cut um, as bad as it is to say. They could have saved some money. But now that obviously due to everything going on, there's not really a – training camp battle if you will so I think they're just going to kind of run a three-headed beast with these two and Hines um it's hard to evaluate come draft though because Jonathan Taylor is so freaking good that I can see Marlon Mack be the backup but like I mean people know I love the Colts coaching staff they're not dumb enough to run Jonathan Taylor to the ground when they have Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines so it's just kind of a pause situation as of now um Hines is a pretty good value but besides that not really much there yet Yep. I, I think that's a great call. I do think the general consensus in the fantasy fantasy circles is that Marlon Mack will get the chance. And then as soon as he yeah. looks slow, doesn't hit the gap quick enough, drops a fucking pass, doesn't score on, you know, second and one on the one yard line. It's JT after that. So I agree with you. Marlon Mack kicks it off 
but before too long, probably a couple weeks, it'll probably be uh, 50-50 and then probably 70-30 Jonathan Taylor to Marlon Mack down the stretch there. So I, I agree. All right, Leonard Fournette, um, obvious starter in Jacksonville. Uh, you brought up a couple different names for Jacksonville as, as far as the second running back. Who do you think is the actual handcuff there? Um, and we know that Fournette is a every touch kind of a running back. A very, you know, he's not very efficient. We understand there's that joke of he had 66 rushing yards against the Titans. And in that game, he had a 69-yard run. So figure that one out. But he gets the work. He gets the snap share that, that just very, very few backs in the league uh, do get. He's a true bell cow. But if he were to go down, and he was hurt the first couple of years of his, of his uh, uh, season, who would it be? Do they go to new pass catcher or well, old pass catcher, but new to the Jaguars, Chris Thompson, who's pretty much just a pass catcher? Or do they have somebody else in line there that could be the true handcuff for Jacksonville? Yeah, I mean, I think it's Rock Armstead or Rico Armstead, but Divino Zeke is still there. Him and Rico Armstead are both – um, film guys, if you will, or guys that spend too much time watching sixth round co- pick college prospects, favorite <laughs> running backs, I guess is kind of a way to, to place it. Uh, to me, hmm, to me, it's Armstead, but I feel like they might add someone possibly not to, not to take away work from Fortnite. I, I think Fortnite's going to get run to the ground. I think he'll have him in a lot of leagues. Uh, allowing me to get a tight end or a wide receiver one in round two and snack him in round three. And people are going to be all off him because of hashtag regression. Um, So I think it's recall Armstead, but I, I could care less probably is the right answer to have the the handcuff for this team. Cool. Fair enough. Lesson learned, not all handcuffs are worth drafting, but I think it's important that we break down every team just so you know who the guy is. Because here's the deal. If you're sitting on a dynasty team from last year, your first team dynasty, you don't have a bunch of these guys saved up. This is the time of year where you could go to your waiver wires. And if you don't play in a fab league, it's probably free right now for you just to kind of cycle out your roster. Start like getting rid of some of those older veterans that aren't getting to work anymore. Pick up some of these younger guys. If you haven't had a rookie draft yet, pick up random guys like Rockwell Armstead, who if you draft two rookie running backs that you feel better about in two weeks, drop them but you have them just in case you can start boning up on some of these younger guys uh, that are free right now that have that upside is your 17th uh, bench spot on a dynasty roster or something like that so that's why we bring them up all right man kansas city chiefs big topic we talked about it on the last podcast with adp and, and draft position and how damian williams let us down uh getting drafted early in like the fourth round last year but fucking crushed through the postseason and if Patrick, if Patrick Mahomes wasn't Patrick Mahomes, uh, Damian Williams probably would have been the Super Bowl MVP. Um, who was the starter day one for the Chiefs, and how do you see that shaking out? I And I, and I guess I'll, I'll throw this out there too. Is this a, you know, maybe a, a, a Nick Chubb, a Kareem Hunt situation where, like, <clears throat> if one of these guys go down, the other dude is top five? Yeah, I think top ten. I don't know because I'm working through my projections and there's so many like factors. Like most teams, I can like pretty well go through, make my weighted averages, stuff like that. But this team is so confusing because like, is Alaire Damian Williams and the fact that he runs between the tackles, or is he Austin Eckler? I don't know. Is he a starter week one? We don't know. Is Damian Williams like still? Um, probably Super Bowl MVP last year should have been. I don't know. So I think really the kind of the strategy I'm seeing is is if you take a layer, you kind of need to take Damien Williams because a layer's ADP is high enough where he should be the full-time guy. But if you stack a layer with Williams, you're getting the the handcuff and say a layer is a pass catcher, you're still getting the one to two down Damien Williams or Chiefs running back, which is, I mean, if you watch the games, Mahomes will be driving the next thing you know Damian Williams breaks off a 40-yard run like it's nothing and one rush for 40 yards and a touchdown is well worth the flex start um in what the sixth round eighth round that Damian Williams is going so I think I would just say kind of buy into if you're taking a layer take Williams um but if you're smart you just fade them all and take Travis Kelsey in round two and you'll you win your league with that one Ooh, I like it I like it we talked about big time quarterback stacks and involved all those chiefs. So I like that call a lot. If you can grab a couple chiefs, of course. All right, let's go to the chargers, man. We got Austin Eckler bonafide starter, incredible season last year, but who's going to be his backup. They have a new rookie, Joshua Kelly. They have 
who some thought were was some people, including me, had Justin Jackson last year supposed to be Austin Eckler <laughs> when Melvin Gordon held out. Obviously, it didn't happen. Justin Jackson got hurt. Melvin Gordon held out. Austin Eckler fucking took the league by storm the first four weeks. Melvin Gordon got scared for his job, came back, was dog shit for another four weeks, and then they were about 50-50 the rest of the way. But Austin Eckler absolutely crushed last year. Who is that guy this year in case Austin Eckler goes down? I mean, you put Justin Jackson on here. We ranked him, but I, I think it's Josh Kelly. I'm not going to lie. I think that I think that's the, fair. Dra- that's fair. the draft capital speaks for itself here. Um, but I know we've mentioned that. If you're in a dynasty league or just a deeper draft, take both. Might as well. I think we did that in our – We did, yeah. So, I mean, might as well take both. Um, I would say it's kind of a dumb strategy, unless we actually know who the backup is, to take one because it's – I don't know. The, the vacated production is there, but I don't know if the vacated production is there for a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick. Um, obviously, there's outliers. Austin Eckler is an outlier, but – I don't. I can't really gauge the situation because they could honestly just split and fifty-five carries here and fifty-five carries there. Nothing. Um, so it's not really something I'm targeting a ton. Let's go to the Rams, uh, the other LA team. We have three running backs here to consider. We have Darrell Williams or, or Daryl Williams. Sorry, Daryl Williams. Darrell Williams. Is he on the Chiefs? Is he like the seventh running back for the Chiefs? I don't know where that came from. I don't know. Spencer Ware is probably still there too. I loved love Spencer Ware for the nine games that he was fucking amazing. In between Jamal uh, um, Jamal Charles and Kareem Hunt, dude, Spencer Ware was incredible. All right, sorry, terrible digression. Daryl Henderson, who last year was getting picked in the sixth round and didn't do shit, which was very unfortunate for most uh, people when Todd Gurley looked terrible. We also have Malcolm Brown, who's actually been very good behind Todd Gurley the last couple of years, but he just hasn't got a ton of work. And then, of course, rookie Cam Akers out of Florida State. So, Lucas, who do you deem as the starter? And then who is the handcuff out of those three guys? Yeah, I'm going to go Cam Akers, and I'm probably going to go Malcolm Brown because I know I said in the last episode, Daryl Henderson would have played more if he was really legit, if he's really the draft capital they put in. Obviously, rookies can take time, and maybe he's the backup this year in the handcuff, but Malcolm Brown got work right out of the gate last year. Remember, he had two touchdowns. Everyone dropped all their fab and was like, wait, he's not the starter. Like, I mean, it's what happened. It's, it was I, rough, like, dude. Yeah. Yeah, everyone was like, he had three carries for two yards and two touchdowns starter after Tucker. They had like 25 carries that game. So I, I would say it's probably Malcolm Brown to start. Um, that's not a very – I mean, that's saying not much because he's probably not a pick you want to have. I would just say go Akers because – I think in reality, in the end, he will outsnap the rest. Probably to me, it's either it's a one it's a one person backfield or it's a three headed committee. And I think I would feel better McVay going a one headed backfield like he's done in the past three or four years that he's been a coach there. Yeah. Quick note on the Rams backfield. I've been diving into this a little bit more because I'm kind of like, you know, who would I want if anybody? And this is kind of another backfield, just like we mentioned with the Lions, with the Packers. I'm not sure I'm grabbing anybody. Or I'm grabbing everybody, if that makes sense, in a dynasty league or something, just in case. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, the, the Rams GM, Wes Snead, came out and basically said that he expects, and of course, Sean McVay will figure things out, whatever. But they rode Todd Gurley for years, all right? Just Todd Gurley and then spelled him a little bit. C.J. Anderson came in, obviously, with the Super Bowl run when Todd couldn't do it. And then Malcolm Brown did okay, blah, blah, blah. They're saying that potentially Malcolm Brown's going to be the short yardage goal line back which is fantasy points. Daryl Henderson is the home run threat. So he's the guy that could break a, a, you know, a 40, 50 yard run. And then Cam Akers is kind of like the go-to guy. So this might be like a poor man's just because I don't think that rushing offense is going to be as good as the 49ers, but maybe it's the 49er package of last year where we think it's Tevin Coleman, but there's also Matt Breida who gets an 84 yard rushing touchdown against the Browns, uh, which was the fastest play in the entire NFL last year. Um, but limited action or Raheem Mostert who just fucking dominates, you know, like it could be really interesting. So while the 49ers all had their merits and getting drafted in the middle rounds, cause you didn't know who was going to blow up. I'm not as confident in the Rams. And if I had to grab one guy, it's cam Akers just because of the upside. But unfortunately with the two other valuable options, I think I might just end up staying away overall. Are you feeling that way as well? Or are you confident to draft cam Akers or one of the other guys? 
still think I lean acres, but I see, like I said, I see where this could be sort of just a mixture. Um, I, it's probably going to take a little more time to like actually hear some news and whatnot as to how this kind of kind of play out. Yeah, I agree. All right, man, let's go with the Raiders here. Uh, Josh Jacobs, clear starter. Not really a backup, or not really a handcuff, I should say. Uh, they have Jalen Richard there. Um, they have Lynn Bowden, who's a quarterback, receiver, running back. Um, both pass catchers. If Josh Jacobs goes down, I just think it's going to be an RBBC, a running back by committee. Don't really think there's a handcuff there. Uh, do you disagree, um, or should we move on? Uh, I don't know. It's a mixture of Devontae Booker. So, and, you think so? Yeah. Devontae Booker, too? I would say, I think his last year we saw when uh, Jacobs got hurt, it wasn't Richard. It was DeAndre Washington. Because that's now sense. in Kansas City. Yeah, because that makes sense, right? Like, they're not going to throw in a third down back to be a one two punch when they have a one. Well, I think they signed them. And Booker sort of is the one-two punch. I don't know. I think I think it's Jacobs, and if it comes down to it, it would just turn into more of a Bowden-Richard sort of switch yeah. off and on passing attack. So. That's what I'm saying. And, and un- unfortunately, those just don't have value in fantasy. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if, you know, Jalen Richard might catch six balls a week. You know, he could be Duke Johnson. But J- Josh Jacobs is going to get three carries in a row from the 10-yard line kind of a thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just don't, I don't see there being any value behind Josh Jacobs. I love, I won't say I love, I wouldn't mind having Josh Jacobs as my RB one, love him as my RB two, if that were to happen somehow. But if he goes down, I just don't see the value with somebody behind him. Deep, deep leagues. Some of these three down backs could work out, but I just don't see it like becoming Josh Jacobs. If he were to go down, mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the Miami dolphins. We have Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, both new, uh, you know, incomers here. Uh, Matt Breida gets traded for a fifth round pick from the 49ers. Jordan Howard gets picked up as a free agent from Philadelphia. Jordan Howard was pretty dominant in the first half of the season before he went out. He's been great with the bears before that. Matt Breida, as I just mentioned, has explosive opportunity when he's healthy. Who's the starter here. And if one of these guys go down, do you think the other one would be really a a bell cow or is my boy Kalen Balage up for another solid season? I mean, um, I think I it's, believe it was 1.9 per carry last year. Yeah, no, I think Jordan Howard's in good for a good role. Um, I think Breed is a good pick. And honestly, I'm going to throw Patrick Laird out here, who is pretty okay, efficient. Okay. Because, I mean, Breed is not a healthy back, and Jordan Howard ain't catching any passes. So, I mean, I don't know. Deep, deep flyer there, Patrick Laird. Um, I mean, I played him in a couple weeks last year. He got me the nine or 10 points for like the 10 catches on 30 yards. But hey, whatever works and whatever gets you fantasy points. So I really think all three are good picks um, because they're, well, not all three are different. I think Howard and Breida are completely different in skill set. And then Laird is the handcuff to Breida, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of uh, good fantasy opportunities in that backfield. Who would you draft first? Jordan Howard or Matt Breida, and now I know this I is Howard. in regardless of format. Because I was going to say, obviously Howard gives more oper- more value in non PPR or half PPR leagues, whereas Matt Breida might give more value in PPR leagues. But then there's Patrick Laird, who's only valuable in PPR leagues. So how do you shake that out if you're drafting the Miami backfield? Yeah, I would still go Howard. I think um, because. Breed is like not by any means like an elite pass catcher, right? Like he's never really done it. The Dolphins, like obviously Laird was, he still caught passes, but it's not like a, they're not, they're not a team where like they're scripting plays of the running back. If they were, they would have drafted a running back. And I'm glad they didn't draft one because Jordan Howard and Matt Breed is better than paying any running back, rookie running back, $6 million a year to be a workhorse. Um, but I, I still think Howard, because I think this team negative game scripts, not that that should help Howard, but I think there'll just be a lot of opportunity for Howard, who is very good. I mean, when he plays, he just had an injury last year and kind of set the bench behind Sanders. But I think he can definitely get the job done here. Like it. Next up, Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook, obviously the starter there and one of the best handcuffs in fantasy football, maybe the best, arguably, uh, Alexander Madison. Does Alexander Madison have any role with Dalvin Cook healthy? I think um, I'm totally changing my mind. Because I think that the Vikings will be like, eh, we don't really want you here. Because um, the new CBA rules will kind of let Cook come back, if you will. Um, so maybe I think Madison is more of an, another Tony Pollard situation where, like, you have to draft him here because it's good value. 
as a handcuff, but I think that he can maybe have some games here and there where he's pretty good. Dalvin Cook holds out. I understand the CBA makes it easier for him to come back. He kind of has to come back with the new rules and all this stuff. Dalvin Cook, let's say Dalvin Cook does hold out. He pulls not a Le'Veon Bell because that's just not what a running back can do anymore with the new rules. But say he pulls a Melvin Gordon, okay, sits on money, loses money, whatever, says, fuck you guys, <laughs> I'm not playing, sits four weeks. It's guaranteed that Dalvin Cook's not playing the first four weeks of the season like Melvin Gordon did. Where are you drafting Alexander Madison? Uh, round three, yeah. You think, I think is I mean I, so there's would, so so there's two reactions that you like round three Alexander Madison holy shit or it's like that's kind of late yeah is that late because uh, I mean if he's Dalvin Cook I mean people were taking you know Austin Eckler like I said in the sixth round last year he crept up into the fourth round late and people were just like fuck it dude like if it works out I got Melvin Gordon plus maybe in the past game and look what happened mm-hmm. in my opinion just apples to apples. Uh, as a pure running back, I, I personally think Alexander Madison is every bit of Austin Eckler, and I think a better runner than Austin, uh, than, um, Austin Eckler. So if, if – yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just – hyperbole for now. I think Dalvin Cook comes back. I'm not suggesting that he sits. But I think it's something important for people to start realizing if they're drafting right now. Because, we first of all, we've been very loud on this podcast. Don't draft right now unless it's a deep dynasty league, a best ball – something that doesn't matter right away. Um, if you're doing redraft leagues right now, I really, really, really recommend you don't do it if you have anything on the line. Anything more than like a $20 <laughs> league, I would shut it down because there's just too much to happen. COVID holdouts. Certain players like Mark Ingram, for example, is like about to not play potentially if it's not safe. And I don't blame him. I fucking wouldn't do it either, right? The NFL is suggesting that these guys go play football but they're, they're forbidden to swap jerseys because of COVID after the game. Like, shit's yeah. dumb. So if there's things going on like this, players could sit out week to week. They could get sick. They could test positive and not even have the symptoms but not be able to play because they have a positive test. Shit's going to be crazy this year. So if you're in a draft right now, there's just too many variables. But as we get to middle to late August and their drafts for real, assuming the season goes down like we think it will, Alexander Madison's the type of guy to really bat an eye at, and you may have to spend a fifth-round draft pick on him just in case. And, of course, it could burn you. But, yo, if Dalvin Cook sits out at all or misses time to injury again, Alexander Madison's a a league winner in my opinion. We'll talk about uh, our top ten handcuffs in just a little bit. All right, man, let's let's rally this up here. Patriots, very tricky. Sonny Michelle, the starting running back. James White, the starting James White back. But they also have Damian Harris, and they also have Rex Burkhead. Do the Patriots have two separate handcuffs? Uh, no, I think so. I don't think White would get work if Sony were to get hurt. I think I think I'm, it's Harris. I'm saying it the other way: is Harris Sony's handcuff and Burkhead James White's handcuff? Uh, no, I th- I think White's kind of his own sort of role. Um, so I think, I think Harris, yeah, James White. Uh, I put him in the draft guide as my my sleeper. Um, respect. You mean, you mean your must own player? Yeah, I think I don't know whatever the category was, Fucking but I think better be son. I'll probably come out of every single draft with James White and Damian Harris because fade running backs they can't run. Uh, yeah, whatever. He's just not good. I don't even want to. The whole like everyone's like he was elite in the playoffs that one year. I mean, I could run the ball in from the one yard line seven times on <laughs> seven carries. So Legarrette Blunt, what? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I totally so. agree. So pa- Patriots are tough. Sony Michelle, I think, is a full fade for me. James Woy is our man. I'm down with him in the seventh round every single draft. Um, Rex Burkhead, he's going to have week-to-week annoyance, but I don't think he's got enough value to, to really give you that option. And Damian Harris, I think, is a great, great, great late pick uh, because if Sony goes down, which I think he will, or he's inefficient, Bill's had two years of this. Damian Harris was hurt last year. They didn't have a chance to use him. They had Brandon Bolden who's their fifth running back running special teams and shit. I think they're going to put in Damian Harris to, to get it done. Another Alabama running back. I think he's going to be just fine. All right, let's move on. We have the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara, my dog, and Latavius Murray. Um, how much value does Latavius Murray have with Alvin Kamara healthy? And I'll preface that with Alvin Kamara missed two games last year, week seven and eight. Latavius Murray had 33 and 32 total touches 
He was the number one running back over those two games. Top five if Alvin Kamara goes down. But if Alvin Kamara is healthy, how much value does Latavius Murray actually have? Oh, a ton. I mean, like literally like RB1. I, I mean, the, the, the bad thing is he's a better fit for the offense than Kamara is. That, that's where Oof. it's like – Oof. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, you saw, like, they just pounded him into the ground and that he can catch good enough. So, they still gave him the same amount of targets. Obviously, he's not as, not as much for playmaker, but when you're six foot seven or whatever the hell he is, he's it doesn't matter. Big, dude. I always forget how, like, how much of a beast Latavius Murray actually is. He could be a starting yeah. running back on 20 NFL teams. I know, and he's just taking the bank to totally. be a hand. I mean, he's not really a hand. I mean, he's a handcuff, but, like, he He could be a kinda... backup for 15 years in the league, though, like, like Adrian Peterson. or I mean, Adrian Peterson's not a backup, obviously but a bigger body where he could just, you know, yeah. take on those hits. He could fucking be making bread for years. Yeah. So, yeah, he's – I mean, we'll go to our rankings after this. He's a pretty well-earned handcuff for sure. New York Giants, no handcuff. Um, Saquon Barkley goes down. Wayne Gallman comes in for a play and gets a concussion. Deion Lewis is strictly a pass catcher at this point. We're going to skip over the Giants. Jets um, – I mean, obviously, Frank Gore's the starter. Le'Veon Bell, great handcuff. Yeah. Um, is there any scenario in any possible format that you would consider drafting Frank Gore in the uh, 35th round of your no. fantasy league? I don't even know. This man, I don't even know. He's probably a better running back than Le'Veon Bell is the bad thing, but, like, I don't even know if he can take a carry or – You said it. I didn't, bro. You said it. I know. Like, the the problem is we shouldn't have to be drafting Jets players. Just don't draft any Jets players. I mean, maybe Bell, I guess. How about about Chris Herndon in the 17th round, though, to be a tight end 10? Everyone's, like, pegging him for this, like, whole breakout thing, and if he does, fine. I'll I'll take Should have happened last year. Yeah, I mean, remember when he was, like, going to be in line for, like, the number one target share? Oh, wait, no, never mind. He didn't play at all. So, no, he's not breaking out this year. <laughs> Don't draft any Jets players. Like, just learn your lesson. Maybe Le'Veon Bell if you just want, like, 15 points a week, but nothing besides that. PSA, don't draft Jets. Got it. All right, how about Denzel Mims really quickly in Dynasty? I'm all over that because uh, once Gase gets hurt – or once Gase gets hurt, I don't hurt. wish injury, sorry. Once Gase gets fired um, and, uh, you know – Sam Darnold gets rid of his illness. I think that uh, Denzel Mims could beast, but yeah, I'm with you there. All right. Fade jets. Got it. All right. Eagles. Um, Miles Sanders right now it's Boston Scott. What is the potential? I've already missed it. You know, I've listed about four running backs who could be Eagles in the last couple of podcasts. Um, what is the likelihood that the Eagles either bring somebody in or Boston Scott gets extra work to fade Miles Sanders? Uh, to answer the first question. Yes. And Boston Scott is a better pick than Miles Sanders and fantasy. I, I will say that very much. I mean, they're going to bring someone in. Like, I get as of now, they haven't. Cool. They literally offered three guys. Their coach is Doug Peterson, and their coach is Doug Peterson. Like, they're bringing in someone to be a committee. Like, I don't know. This, they wouldn't have signed back Corey Clement if they didn't want to build a committee, right? Like, they would have they would have just went out and got – not got anyone because they have two running backs already. So – just don't take Sanders because, I mean, he's going, like, what, 10? Yeah. I mean, oh. I've seen him go, like, RB7 and something. I was going to say like, late, late first, early second for sure. That, that's when you're drafting out of ceiling. Uh, so, they take Boston Scott. He was, like, a top 20 running back in that same stretch that Sanders kind of broke out to. 12th round ADP right now for Boston Scott. I like that call a lot. Pittsburgh Steelers, James Conner will be the starter for the 10 games that he's healthy. Who is the handcuff, though? There's a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh, they all have kind of separate roles. Is Lil Bug, Anthony McFarland Jr., going to be the actual handcuff? Is it Jalen Samuels' experiment, who was fucking dominant last year when James Conner went down and he got all the work, but he's kind of a pass-catching specialist. Converted tight end from college, actually. Um, they also have Benny Snell there as well. Um, who is that guy behind James Conner? Because let's be honest, if we're looking for a handcuff, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the team I'm targeting because I love James Conner. I think he's worth a pick in the fourth, fifth round right now with the risk. But honestly, I don't expect him to last half a season, let alone whole. Yeah, no, it's Benny Snell. And this is one of the ones I was talking about that we saw last year. Um, McFarland is good. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm not, not the coach. I mean, I'm not the coach, but like, of all the names I just listed, Benny Snell's not the guy that I would have picked. No, and, like, the thing with his production is, like, he'll come in and get, like, 18 rushes for, like, 90 yards, which is good enough if you're just playing a flex guy. He's not going to catch the ball because they have Samuels and 
now the most elusive running back in the class, Booger Jr. But little, little Bug. I know. I I just hope his dad doesn't announce his game or something. Well, big, that's that's Big Bug. But anyway, yeah, Big, big Bug. Oh, gross. Um, <laughs> I know what I was saying. Benny still's not going to catch passes. You're baking on a touchdown, but he's still a very good pick. Um, in its own right, if you have Connor. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks. Chris Carson on paper, assuming he's healthy, is the starter. Rashad Penny not going to be ready for week one, probably starting the season on the PUP. Um, Carlos Hyde comes in. I I like Carlos Hyde a lot, actually, as the handcuff. He's a starter, again, in his own right, in maybe 10 to 15 NFL teams. Chris Carson's the starter, but how much value does Carlos Hyde have in a change of pace role? I think they're both pretty good picks. I think Carson's ADP was like kind of like in the 13 range, kind of high at the start of the offseason. And I think it kind of faded down to where I would take him. He probably will get injured. He probably will fumble. And I think that's where Hyde can step in and be a good flex piece here and there. Um, so I think, I think they're both pretty good picks um, alone. Got it. I agree with you. I think I'm a little more bullish on Hyde just because, you know, again – Carson's one fumble away, one knee tweak away. Carson's a beast. He's a hell of a runner. He's very talented. Catch the, catches the ball a little bit more than people assume, but um, honestly, just <clears throat> I think they both have the same running back. It was just a perfect insurance play there for Seattle. All right, San Francisco 49ers, uh, assuming Heem Mostert comes back to the team, which I think he will, he should be the starter, but Kyle Shanahan and Tevin Coleman are fucking – BFF four L's, which is dumb as hell. Um, so my question to you is how many more touchdowns does Jeff Wilson have than both Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman combined? All of them, all the, all the touchdowns. No, Tevin Coleman is a fantastic pick because he, he, he is the only handcuff on this list that actually is the starting running back. Like, and it's, which is so weird to say, but I agree with you. That's fucking weird. Yeah, like he he is the starter and Philip Philip Lindsay, I think, could be another example of that, but I, I hear what you're saying. And maybe like Brita, Damian Williams, but like like Coleman started every game last year. Raheem Mustard in in the playoffs did not start a single game. Mostert wants out for who knows what reason. I, well, I, I'll I'll tell I'll tell you what it is. He's been playing special teams for the last couple of years on the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So he's getting paid as a special teamer. Because yeah. he was a fourth running back. Just a little bit ago, and then fucking McKinnon broke his ass. They got rid of Brita, right? And then Coleman, blah, 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 and, and Raheem Mostert took over. They've been paying him as a special teamer because he was a journeyman on his fifth team, blah, blah, blah. He's now, like, dominant. The fucking 49ers were, like, literally five yards away from winning the Super Bowl. If, they, if the Niners won the Super Bowl, Raheem Mostert had the run that he did in the postseason, 200-plus yards against the Packers and blew up the – all this shit – he Moser would have got fucking paid, but they lost. <laughs> big, big difference there. They lost, so everything yeah. changes. So Raheem Moser is basically like, I'm getting treated as a as a special teamer. I'm now a starting running back and a very efficient running back in the NFL. I deserve to get paid more money. So that's his gripe. I agree with him, but unfortunately with him, he's 28 years old, and Tevin Coleman is just as good, unfortunately, and that offense, maybe anybody's good behind that offensive line and in that offense. For sure, yeah. So just take Tevin Coleman, fade Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert was the number one running back from the time he really got efficient snaps last year in the second half of the season ahead of Christian McCaffrey, just throwing that out there. All right, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Titans, and the Washington squad. Last three to go here. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ronald Jones, rookie, Keyshawn Vaughn, who's the starter? I mean, the, the whole – this is like narrative city right here with this whole team. So people are acting like now Ronald Jones is like the starter, no doubt, guaranteed, like chalk it up, it's Ronald Jones. But but Peyton Barber out-touched him last year. So if Ronald Jones is that good, why didn't he out-touch Peyton Barber? Now they drafted good capital on a pounder running back. So like people are acting like he's not going to have a role. And then they bring up the whole pass-blocking thing with the best pass-blocking back with like the seventh most snaps in the NFL is Dari Ogunwobale. So like, I don't know. I don't take any of these guys, I guess. Like, I don't know because I don't care who this starter is. Cause I don't like the Patriots have never had a starting running back. And then now we think like they're going to snap their fingers and that Tom Brady's going to find one. Bruce Aaron's going to find one. So just fade. Don't make yourself draft a Bucks running back. Cause 
I mean, the chance of being wrong are pretty high. Yep. Dare Agumbawale, my man. I don't know. He was, Love he was pretty good last year. But I, I personally, if I'm going to draft one of the Bucks, it's Keyshawn Vaughn just because if he is actually James White, then he could beast up. I don't trust Ronald Jones yet, although there's a lot of narrative going on that, like, Bruce Arians didn't trust David Johnson at first. He was only a special teamer, blah, blah, blah. And then he crushed and became David Johnson in 2016. If Ronald Jones gets the opportunity, he is very talented. I've been seeing him running hills and shit, bro. Like, again, my man, running hills with Jamal Williams in the gravel, tough footing, making it happen, no problem. No no defenders, no ball in his hand. Dude, traversing hills like it's his fucking job, which it is, he's crushing. So uh, I would go Keyshawn Vaughn over Rojo, but I'm probably fading all of them. All right, Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry will probably be the starter for the Titans. Does Darrington Evans have any PPR value without Derrick Henry getting injured? Uh, did Deion Lewis last year? Negative. There's your answer. No, I mean, I think Evanton, Evanton's, Evans is a very good um, handcuff, I think. I think – I mean, I really like him. So, I think if Henry goes down, the team's not going to care to waste cap. They're just going to throw Evans back there who can take a workload uh, like, like he did at Appalachian State. So, I think Henry and Evans are both good picks. Great. Love it. And finally, Washington uh, name TBA as far as this podcast, I'm pretty sure. I thought it was the, the Warriors I saw. Is that official? Something. I don't know. I guess we should I, have had breaking news if it was. We'll get back to you folks. But nonetheless, as of right now, they are still Washington. Uh, Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson, who's the starter? And does the other guy have value with the other one as starter? Both of them either old as shit or injured as shit. There's five other running backs in Washington. Are you drafting anybody or are you fading all of them? I'll probably take Geis in the league here or there, but I mean like Peyton Barber, AP, JD McKissick. What, um, what about your what about your boy A. Gibson? I don't know, because I think his ADP is kind of like where you kind of have to make a decision. So maybe in one league, but like you're kind of banking on something big to happen with a really crappy team. So I don't really know the odds on that are probably not very high. So I probably just fade in general. I'm not necessarily saying that Antonio Gibson is or will be Alvin Kamara, but I just want to remind people of 2017. I drafted Adrian Peterson in the sixth round behind Mark Ingram, who was going in like the third that year as the saints one, two punch. I was taking Alvin Kamara in the 10th, to 12th round as the third option because I was thinking at the time, and both of them are still playing three years later, but Mark Ingram and and, uh, Adrian Peterson, even three years ago were old running backs. And I thought one of them might get hurt. So if they did, Alvin Kamara could be a handcuff. He was free 12th round, whatever, no big deal. Adrian Peterson got traded. Mark Ingram was great, but Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram were both great. Different offenses. I totally understand, but, there's a sliver of me that thinks this is maybe a similar situation. I don't believe in Darius guys. I think he's going to be fun as shit for three weeks, but I, I hope he stays healthy, but I just can't count on it. Adrian Peterson will fade eventually. And Antonio Gibson is just flowing, yeah. <laughs> flowing unnoticed right now and free in drafts. I might take a stab on him at 12, 13, 14th round, just because I think he's better than all of the other running backs behind Adrian Peterson and Darius guys. And I could see both of them not being relevant by week six. If that's the case, we got a new head honcho there, uh, formerly coached Christian McCaffrey, of course. He made the com- uh, comparison. I did not. But Ron Rivera did compare Antonio Gibson somewhat to Christian McCaffrey. I think that matters. It's coaches speak. I get it. But comments like that are made on purpose. Um, don't forget about Antonio Gibson, who I think is like the RB7 on the fucking depth chart right now. But I think he's – maybe the second or third best overall through all the Washington running backs. All right, man, let's just round this out. This could be a quick one. We've already talked about everybody, but let's run down our top 10 handcuffs. Before we do that, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. Rep the draft guide one more time. Five bucks for the draft guide if you haven't got it yet. Five bucks for the in-season package. 15 for both of those and some extra, some one-on-one work with Lucas and myself and our buddy Dwayne, uh, a.k.a. at Dweez Nuts on Twitter. Make sure you go follow him. 
You heard him on Monday's podcast. He's going to be joining the program much more often these days. So make sure you go hit him up and show him some love. Great uh, analyst, great guy, excellent takes, smart. Um, we love having him on the team. So go hit up Dwayne. Make sure you go drop a subscribe right here. Let us know how you feel about these handcuffs. If you think they're important at all, who maybe your favorite handcuffs are, who you're drafting, who you're targeting, whatever. Also make sure to follow us on social medias at, uh, at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. All right, Lucas, why don't you run down our top 10 and go from 10 to one, our top 10 handcuffs. So you and I have kind of vetted all of these out. Obviously we just went through 32 teams there's at least 25 really quality handcuff options, but 10 of them we like the most. So this means, for example, I'll pick one guy. Let's go with the Ravens here. You pick Mark Ingram. We think you have to have J.K. Dobbins, kind of regardless of Mark Ingram, but definitely if you pick Mark Ingram. Age, workload, he could, they could both be relevant in this offense. If Mark Ingram goes down uh, – uh, J.K. Dobbins in the seventh round right now could be potentially a league winner with, uh, you know, 20, 25 touches a game. So just an example of how we're going to do this, our top 10 favorite options for handcuffs. So Lucas kind of slowly pick each one. We'll talk about each guy and we'll get out of here. Who is number 10 in our consensus top 10 handcuffs? Yep. We have the chargers, uh, TB, TBD, Justin Jackson, or Josh Kelly. Uh, a lot of vacated production there. So we'll see if they can fill the role. Uh, Zach Moss. Yeah. I was going to say really quick, and the, and the Chargers really quick, we didn't put one or the other because I think it's Jackson, and I think you think it's Kelly, but I think both of us are okay with either one. So mm-hmm. it's more the situation. We want that Charger backup behind Eckler. We just aren't sure who it is yet. So, again, like we just mentioned earlier, fade both of them or get both of them, you know, kind of regardless of if you have Eckler. So I just want to clear that up really quick. All right, number nine. Yep, number nine is Zach Moss. I mean, he's like I said, he's a starter for this team. Good pick regardless, but he's a fantastic handcuff for Singletary. Chase Edwards, sorry, Carlos had an eight. Uh, we mentioned again, good pick in his outright. Chris Carson has his issues. Rashad Penny's going to be on the pup. Solid pick there. Number seven, Chase Edmonds. Um, up in the air because he really didn't play at all when Kenyon Drake came over. So I don't think he's a good pick in his own right, but we saw what he could do when DJ went down last year. So Four. that one's more – Four touchdowns, number one running back on the league when he got to work. The Cardinals in the back half of the season, last four games, went to a pro-style offense like you mentioned. Are they going to be uh, a high air rate or pro-style? They went to pro-style late. Mm-hmm. They were crushing it on the ground. Kenyon Drake, top running back in the league when he came over. Um, you know, about 1,600 yards, 16 touchdowns. He was projected out for 16 games. If he goes down, next man up in that offense, I think Chase Edmonds could be the guy. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a Marlon Mack at six. Um, if JT were to get hurt, he's probably an RB1 in its own right. And I think – I don't know if he's going to have good standalone value, but I think he'll have a good share of this backfield. You mentioned J.K. Dobbins at five. Um, and so Marlon Mack and Dobbins are in its own tier, and then Jackson to Edmonds are its own tier. And then our tier one is Latavius Murray. Uh, you saw what he could do last year without Kamara. Tony Pollard, um, if Zeke were to be out of shape – oh, wait, no, when, Zeke is out of shape, so Pollard is a very good pick. For sure. Eat, eating too many bowls of cereal, bro. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Hey, man, COVID like, snacks. I, I feel it, though. I got it. I can't blame him. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, number two, Cream Hunt. Good value in its own right. But I think if Chubb were to go down, uh, top five, probably RB, I'd say he'd be like at the four or five range. And then Madison, just because that holdout issue kind of is real, kind of is not with the new CBA rules. It's kind of like it's hard to gauge exactly what's going to happen. But I think he probably would have to slide in at number one. Plus the injury, bro. I mean, I'm not I'm not somebody here that's predicting that Dalvin Cook's going to go down again, but ugh, it could yeah. happen, right? And if he does, then Alexander Madison could be the guy. So I totally agree. Top 10 handcuff recap, the Charger backfield, whether it's Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly, Zach Moss, Carlos Hyde, Edmonds, Chase Edmonds for the Cardinals, Marlon Mack we have at number six, but of course if Marlon Mack is the, the starter, then it's just Jonathan Taylor, same thing. But this is kind of according to ADP. JT's going first. Marlon Mack is coming second, so we picked Marlon Mack here. J.K. Dobbins, number five. Honestly, bro, he belongs at number five, but I, fuck, he might be the best option of this entire list. Uh, Latavius Murray, again, number one running back in two weeks when uh, Alvin Kamara went out last year. Tony Pollard, excellent running back. He came in to spell uh, – Zeke Elliott on a few plays last year. He had 20, 30-yard runs, which he didn't score on. 
that eventually somebody else got the touchdown for, but he was able to get him down that field. If Zeke were to miss significant time, Tony Pollard could be a fucking animal. Kareem Hunt, we already mentioned, he's going to be probably an RB2 in his own right, but if Chubb were to go down for some reason, Kareem Hunt could be a, a league winner. And then our boy, Alexander Madison, who if you look on film, they've got the dreads, 32, 33, the same number, same height. Actually, Alexander Madison is an inch and uh, 10 pounds larger than Dalvin Cook, believe it or not. So I think he is uh, just as good there. And uh, Alexander Madison will be our number one handcuff, must-own player. Lucas, do you disagree with Alexander Madison, Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, Murray, Dobbins, and Marlon Mack are mandatory handcuffs if you have their starter? I think I think they are. Uh, I think that you have to kind of go RB early, though, if you want to handcuff, because kind of that range of Pollard Madison is maybe what most you're people taking. are, though, man. That's just how ra- drafts are going. So mm. you're going to take a risk. And honestly, man, if some people, I, I see Dalvin Cook. He was going to like number four for a while. Yeah. Um, he's going to like the ninth pick in the first round because people just don't fucking know right now. Yeah. If you sure. get a, if you get fourteen, twelve games of Dalvin Cook in the ninth pick, I mean, that might win your league right there. But, again, you go that early, you have to get Madison. And I've, I've been saying for weeks, I know Lucas thinks of this too, if you're going for a handcuff, there's certain guys you could just – they kind of fall to you late in drafts. Like Latavius Murray, he'll be there in the 10th round, the 11th round. Tony Pollard will be there in the 10th round. Chase Edmonds is going undrafted. Carlos Hyde's going undrafted. Zach Moss you can find in the 10th, 11th round. You can pick one of the Chargers late too. But I would reach for J.K. Dobbins. I would reach uh, for Tony Pollard maybe a round or two early in Murray. I would reach for Kareem Hunt in the sixth. I'd reach for Madison. So instead of going like the ninth round, I might grab him in the eighth if I had Dalvin Cook just to make sure I get him. You can handle the laughs in your draft room. You're mm-hmm. going to be the one fucking laughing if the guy goes down and you've got a starting running back top five uh, that you picked. Who gives a shit where you got him? The point is you have him on your roster. So if you're going after a uh, a true handcuff like we just mentioned – don't be shy and go get them. Don't go crazy and fucking pick them in the fifth round or anything. But if you got a couple starting running backs, a couple starting uh, receivers, maybe a tight end or a quarterback, and you're looking for your fourth or fifth option anyway, go grab those guys just because they could be the ones to really bring home the value there at the current ADP. All right, Lucas, any last thoughts on handcuffs in general, strategy overall, uh, anybody we may want to put some more light on uh, in general. We just went fucking nuts on handcuffs in our dynasty league together. We're going to break that down heavier in August. I'll bring in a bunch of those uh, league mates and stuff. We'll talk about that league and break it down. But we grabbed like six handcuffs in that league and we actually don't have any of the starters. We have none of the starters. I don't believe, but we got all the fucking handcuffs because they're longevity, but also they're starting running backs. If anybody goes down. So any last thoughts on handcuffs in general? Got it. All right. We are out of here for the episode 226 coming up on 230. God damn. I feel like we just did the 200th episode just a couple weeks ago. Oh man. It's, it's crazy how this summer's flying by. That was the top 10 handcuffs and the RB handcuffs overall for each 32 teams. Make sure you leave a comment below. Let us know how you feel about handcuffs in general. Any extra stats or something you want to mention about anybody we didn't go uh, as in-depth? Or maybe there's a deeper name, like I love my boy Jeff Wilson, nobody's talking about. Maybe there's a deeper name of somebody you want to bring up that we didn't uh, share. Please share that with us in the comments. Also, make sure to leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast. And then follow us Graham at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. And, of course, if you have not yet, make sure after this video – You go down, you see the link in the description, click on the link to get a draft guide. It's just five bucks for the draft guide, five bucks for the in-season package, 15 for both of those and some extra incentives. One-on-one time with Lucas, myself, and our buddy Dwayne. There's also other things in there. We have a Discord chat. We have a Zoom channel each week. We've got a lot of extra things coming up. So make sure you check that out and we will help you win your fantasy football leagues. The draft guide is officially open and it's dropped. We're stoked. Please leave um, comments. Let us know. DM us. Shoot us an email, whatever. Let us know how it's flowing. Any glitches or anything, please let us know so we can get those fixed for you immediately and clean it up. And uh, throughout the summer, we'll be adding to it. It's interactive. uh, So we will be updating our rankings, updating player personnel, player profiles, team outlooks, Lucas's stat columns, writer columns, all these other things we'll be adding throughout the summer. So uh, make sure you comp that. And it would mean the world to us. It really, really would if you could share the link. When you sign up for a draft guide, share the link and just tell one friend about it. One of your homies, a coworker, a family member, whatever, about our draft guide, about our podcast, um, about our channels, whatever. 
we put a lot of effort and energy into this right now. And uh, we would love if you were just to tell one person, it would really mean uh, the world to us. So please do that. And when you do, let us know that you did it, man. And, and uh, we just, we appreciate it. So um, thank you so much for the support. Always TCK Potters, big love to everybody that has contributed to the uh, TCK pod draft guide so far. And everybody that's coughed one already, they're flying off the shelves and Lucas and I have had a blast putting together, but I'm not going to lie, man. <laughs> I'm excited to get this behind us yeah. so we can start. So we can start looking at the TCK listener league, which is going to be fucking awesome. I'm stoked. We got multiple leagues, multiple people hitting me up. We'll dive into that next month. But go get yourself a draft guide. For Lucas Kaiser, I'm Scott Guasco. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.